if we're going to get equitable outcomes moving forward in this housing space, then those who are making these decisions need to allow us to be Māori. We do not need others to be Māori for us. We need them to get out of the way. Just get out of the way and leave us to it, but resource us in the way that it was always meant to be under the treaty. Community Research Aotearoa are bringing to you our new podcast channel, bringing community practitioners, researchers and evaluators to you wherever you are. Our first series focuses on Te Tiriti or Waitangi and the way different practitioners apply the intent and principles in their respective mahi across kaupapa Māori research, education, climate change, homelessness and community development. This is Kay Marie Dunn and I look forward to opening up this dialogue and kōrero for your listening pleasure. Introducing Ali Hamlin Painga, CEO of Kahangunuki Pōneke Community Services, who shares her insights as a community and Fano change agent working to respond to and lift Fano who are facing crisis, challenges, and chronic homelessness. I came from a role in a Māori development organisation, um, Tetehi Oruhini, and uh, my role there was in project management and managing um, relationships and connections between um, the community sector and what would that look like from a systems view in terms of connecting with education, connecting with local councils, connecting with health and trying to bring all of those facets of the community together where we could achieve good outcomes and well-being for, for the community. Tell us a little bit about Kahungunu Kiponeke Community Services. What are the services that you deliver and, and what is happening here in this organisation? So Kahungunu uh, Services has been around for a number of years, just under 50 years. The organisation has always been um, based on the uh, support for those who are most vulnerable and ensuring that from a strength-based position that we were able to ensure that the aspirations of anybody that walked through our doors could be supported to be reached. Our contracts in the mahi that we do here uh, work right across the various uh, government organisations from Oranga Tamariki, MSD, um, Justice, Corrections and and most recently, a very huge part of our work is in housing and responding to homelessness and the poverty of housing. When we talk about Tetriti, of course, you're dealing with Fano uh, who uh, have a, a wide range of challenges that they have to face. So, uh, a treaty conversation is not a, a, a general conversation that these Fano would be involved and engaged in. Uh, however, yourself as an advocate and intermediary having to deal with government and the Crown, uh, you would be. So how do you relate to treaty uh, in regards to the mahi that you're having to do? I think the treaty is a framework to deliver strength-based services to ensure, and I, keep, and I will keep going back to the aspirations of the people that we work with and support because it's, it's hugely important to the future um, of our people. And often, and over the years and through colonisation, the, the, the idea of aspirational thinking for many whānau is, is absent. And, and for me, that needs to change back to having the ability to dream and know that those dreams can actually happen. 
We are often in places where many of our people are considered as being not good people of the community, but generally that's because of the complex nature of the issues and challenges and the trauma of colonisation, the trauma of the loss of land, the trauma of being houseless, the trauma of not being able to connect back to Fano through Wakapapa, back to their marae, back to their hapu, and that in itself, as being Māori, is very traumatic. Over a sense of time, um, engaging in, in behaviours which was a, a way of survival, through not being able to understand within yourself how to get out of those positions of, of feeling that disconnect of, of who you are and where you come from. Often in our our work, we get the definition of homelessness and the definition of poverty and the definition. And there are a lot of those definitions do not align with a Māori worldview. We have situations where, you know, we've I grew up sleeping on the floor with my cousins and, you know, there'd be 10 of us on the floor and, and that was okay and we were okay and we were safe. And often when you talk about those things now, it's considered a, as a negative thing to happen. It's not negative if you look through a, a positive lens about being connected as whānau. We're always trying to find the koha and the hoha. And if we can stay at that positioning with everything we do, then the people that walk through our door are treated very differently. They're not treated as a problem. They're not treated like they need us. They just need a moment in time where they need to be supported. And for some people that's longer than others, Um, For some people, it's for a a short duration of time. But I think that kaupapa Māori approach does not create need. It looks at the good things first and foremost to enable us to be able to work with some of the challenges that have presented themselves for the whānau that walk in our door. What does te tiriti mean to you and at what stage of your life or career did it become something more meaningful? Probably more as I matured <laughs> and, and, and became involved, particularly at the level that, I, that I'm you know, required to work in now, and understanding how you know, the, the impact of policy and, and the impact of decisions that are being made outside of the, the scope of where I sit. So somebody, is, somebody somewhere is making a decision about someone that walks through our door who's never experienced what they've experienced before. The lens is often through a Western view, so, the, so success looks differently. And, and whereas t- the Tiriti to me, it was about collective determination for both parties. The idea that a partnership was about trust, the idea that it was a framework for well-being, and yet, in a lot of its application, it's actually achieving the opposite. But is that because, and I ask myself this all the time in my role, is that because the person who is interpreting it is not Māori? 
And, and often what what happens when, you know, you go for a job interview for an organisation and the organisation has that, you know, that key question, so how would you enact the treaty? And it's like, well, my question back to you is, as an organisation, what are you going to do to ensure that me and my role, when I, if I am successful, is going to be supported by the treaty for what it was set up to do? But people are always asking others for the answer <laughs> to that question, and there's no personal responsibility or organisational responsibility being taken for the treaty. So I guess as I matured in the area of policy, the more I became decided that I wanted to be a voice, um, that, that's probably when the tiriti became um, more a part of my thinking and, and my approach. Did you know about te tiriti growing up? And, I mean, of course, as you said, the your thinking and, and your application of this framework became more apparent as you've matured. Um, but thinking back to to, to your uh, time emerging as a as a young child and as a wahine, was it something that you were aware of or heard of in your home, in your community, amongst your friendship groups? If I was honest, I would have to say no. Um, I was schooled in a private Catholic girls' school, and the 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 the. The memories I have is having to learn French and getting slapped over the knuckles of you know for for not sitting there and, and paying attention to the French teacher. <laughs> so no, I, I don't think um, I have any memories of that. And just as I got older and and became more involved in the work that I am involved in, you know, I, I made the effort to start educating myself around um, many things such as the treaty. You talked uh, earlier about housing um, being a, a quite a significant part of your work as an organisation. Do you believe or do you think that uh, housing is a treaty right or a treaty right? And if so, why? Uh, if not, why not? I think absolutely it's a, it's a treaty right. You know, there was a commitment made to protect and, and part of um, the idea of protection for me is that you know, everybody has the right to warm, safe housing in order to flourish in the communities or at the marae or, or wherever they may be. And and I absolutely believe that the enactment of that part of the tiriti is not being done well. I believe there's a lot written about it, but the actual doing is not happening. I bring that down to, again, the lens at which it's been enacted. There's not enough people that look like me at the table to enact it. And that can cause many challenges because the view of Māori in terms of homelessness isn't about four walls. I have a contract that we deliver here where connecting somebody back to their marae is not seen as an outcome. I don't understand that. For me, that's a huge success because not only have they gone home, they're they're connected back to their land, they're connected back to their people, and there's there's less likelihood of the other complexities that often are experienced by our whanau who are homeless to occur because that collective self-determination kicks in 
into that space. If we had a treaty framework lens, the look of success would be very different. And Māori wouldn't necessarily be at that end of no success. Because our idea of what works for us as whānau is very different to that westernised view. So you're having to deal with the machinery of government in lots of different forms from across uh, health, social services, um, funding, housing, and organisations that are the machinery of government and you're playing your role in trying to advocate for or help them be better treaty partners because even though uh, you are a a kaupapa Māori organisation, you having to get them to behave better and act better towards you. What is that like for you and trying to play a role in advocating for your community but also having to educate the people that are supposed to serve you to do the mahi that you do? Being Māori is a very challenging place to be. There is a level, I believe, of mistrust um, by others in terms of what we can deliver and what we do deliver. Because we've become quite resilient to some of those behaviours, often, unfortunately, some of us learn to become more accepting of, oh, it's all right, because there, you know. So, you know, we'll just... But actually, I think that needs to stop. One of the things that I'm really clear about is that if we're going to get equitable outcomes moving forward in this housing space, then those who are making these decisions need to allow us to be Māori. We do not need others to be Māori for us. We don't need that. Our people don't need that. And unfortunately, there's so much mahi to be done and there's enough mahi for everybody that we should be more focused on how do we do ourselves out of a job and how do we let Māori be Māori, solve their own problems and we need them to get out of the way. Just get out of the way and leave us to it but resource us in the way that was that it was always meant to be under the treaty. Often whānau are just struggling with getting kai, bread and butter. How can te tiriti... Uh, be relevant to our whānau, at what stage um, are we are we really needing them to have their basic needs met so they've got the space and the time to be able to think about the broader context, political context that they're involved in? How do you see te tiriti being relevant to, to the whānau that you serve? It's about rangatiratanga. Everybody has their own rangatiratanga. And to be part of a whānau where you can put bread and milk on the table that rangatiratanga needs to be expressed and and organisations like ourselves need to be able to enact the ability, create the space, get out of the way for them to do that and that's how we can support them to understand it from a treaty based framework um, to be able to do that I think that those Small things which a lot of people take for granted is where the, uh, the, the lack of support come in. Um, there, there are many ways that, um, that, and it's not to be, you know, we can't look at the whānau that are in that position from a negative position. You know, many organisations say, oh, you shouldn't be smoking. Oh, well, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't. But, you know, actually, that's, 
sometimes that's not the problem. Sometimes that cigarette, and I'm not a smoker, (laughs) that cigarette is the coping mechanism at that time. So I think the rangatiratanga comes in looking at what is the most important matter to that whanau that you're working with right there and in that moment. And don't decide as the provider what it is for them. And that's where the tiriti lens and framework to to that situation comes into play because you're doing with and alongside and not to. And, and I believe that's that was what the provision of the tiriti was set up to do. Why do you believe uh, te tiriti and an understanding of uh, te tiriti is important for the community and voluntary sector to know and learn about? I think it's important so that we understand why we behave the way that we do. As we know, there, there are these versions of the treaty, and then there's how you interpret the, the, the treaty and all of these factors. But if we are educated in this founding document and all of the whakapapa that goes with it, I believe that the partnership will create relationships. My behaviours as a Māori woman would be more acceptable You know, I'm not going to be the brown girl that sits on the other side of the table yelling and ranting and raving. I'm the brown girl that's actually fighting for my people to get a fair shot at what's on the table. I'm the brown girl who's fighting to be allowed to be Māori. And if I'm going to talk at a tone a little bit higher than you, well, Katie Pie, this is not about you. This is about my passion for my people. What are the three key tips that you have for those uh, organisations or individuals who wish to embark on a journey to understand Te Tiriti, their role and how they might apply this understanding within their own organisation? First and foremost, understand it from who you are. Don't try and understand it for me as a Māori. That would be really important to then be able to embrace what you may hear that you might not agree with but be accepting of. The other point is that, I'm going to go back to it because it's a point that I'm really passionate about and that's allow the tiriti to allow us to be Māori, to be safe to Māori and to know that you don't have to do it for us. And I think Finally, the idea of manakitanga for Māori and its deeper meaning, I think, would contribute to the understanding of te tiriti. Because manakitanga is about everyone. The mana that's part of the manakitanga allows each and every person to stand in their own rangatiratanga, which means that you matter. So everybody matters, whether you're Māori, whether you're not Māori. If we look at things from that lens, then we're not making judgments about what others look, feel and see and look like. And that for me would be the three things that I would encourage people to do when they go on that journey of understanding te tiriti. Our final question for today is, what do you see as the future of Te Tiriti in 2022 and beyond? I think if my last three points were embraced, I see a future that our mokopuna will be allowed to 
to strive and and be their best. They will be allowed to be Māori. There would be no racism. There would be no perceptions. There would be no assumptions. And the world would be a better place. We love that. We love how Te Tiriti can uh, create a, a much better, stronger, more powerful Aotearoa and a, and a safer place for all of us. Um, thank you very much for the mahi that you're doing. For um, those that are listening and would love to learn more about Kahanguna uh, Kiponeke, uh, how can they get in touch um, with this organisation or learn more about what you do? Um, so we do have a, a live website, of course, all those normal channels um, of social media. Um, and a lot of our social media is um, presented as Kahungunu Ano Services. But otherwise, you can contact me directly. I'm really happy to talk to anybody and, and put them on to the right person in the organisation um, that, that could uh, give you uh, as much information as you need or if you know a whānau that, that just need a hand up or some support in any way, um, just direct it to me directly and, and I will make sure that you're connected with the right people. Um, what a great set of hands um, and a wonderful team uh, that are here at uh, Kahungunu Kiponeke. So I'd really encourage you to learn more about this organisation. Um, do you have any final words or an ask of our audience? Because we have quite a lot of people that will be listening uh, to this call at all, but do you have a, an ask that you're needing help with um, or, or an offering? I think one of the things that um, we here at Kahungunu um, pride ourselves on is not creating need. And I ask many of our organisations to think about what it is that they are offering Aino. Is it creating need or is it activating the mana within? And, and that would be a, a message that I'd like to share with all of those working in this area. Activate the mana within ni ma, not do too, but uh, work with and walk beside. So uh, what an excellent model uh, of practice and amazing to, to see your leadership um, really taking root here in the heart of, of this beautiful city of Wellington. Anorere Huama, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this corridor as much as I've enjoyed being part of it. Um, Ali, thank you so much for the significant work that you're doing. Um, we look forward to, uh, I hope, in the future, learning more about the significant 50 or 40 plus year contribution this organisation has made uh, to the city um, and enabling more whānau to learn about uh, the beautiful history and the whakapapa of this organisation. Take care, everyone. Uh, we look forward to um, more conversations like this uh, for Community Research Aotearoa. Māori ora kia tato. You've been listening to a podcast by Community Research working together to raise the mana of community research across Aotearoa, New Zealand. Mm-hmm.